Hi, this is Mahdi and I'm here with the fifth episode of my Complex Stranger podcast. The mind wants to make instant judgments about all the sensory details it receives, file new data away with some theory. People hate uncertainty and rush to judgment. Research by Colin Kammerer has found that when people played card games, in circumstances that do not allow them to calculate the odds of success, the fear-oriented centers of their brain light up. They try to end the fear by reaching a conclusion, any conclusion about the pattern of the game, just to end the fear. But the wanderer endures uncertainty. The wise wanderer holds off and restrains, possessing what John Keats called negative capability. The ability to be in uncertainties, mysteries, doubts, without any irritable reaching after facts and reason. The more complicated the landscape, the more the wanderer relies on patience. The more confusing the scene, the more tolerant his outlook becomes. He not only has an awareness of his own ignorance, but of his own weakness in the face of it. He knows that his mind will seize on the first bit of data it comes across and build a universal theory around it. This is the fallacy of anchoring. He knows that his mind will take his most recent experience and try to impose the lessons of that case onto this one. This is the fallacy of availability. He knows that he came onto this scene with certain stereotypes of how life works in his mind, and he will try to get what he sees here to conform to them. This is the fallacy of attribution. This was a paragraph from the book The Social Animal, explaining how we behave and how our brain starts making judgments encountering a new physical environment. The truth is, facing new individuals has the same impact on our brain. Our brain senses the fear of not knowing the person and wants to end the uncertainty by labeling the individual. This is how we fool ourselves to feel better, Or as Daniel Kahneman says, to achieve the inner satisfaction of making a prediction, even a false one. The fact is that our brain cannot tell if the made judgment is wrong, because we believe in its validity. This is what requires practice. In this episode, you will listen to Felix. You can find the link to his portrait in the description of this episode. Enjoy getting to know him. How much time do you have? I have <laughs> all the time in the world. Okay, so I'm Felix. Yeah, but I, I was born in Augsburg, but I was raised in a little village called Klein Eitingen. Mm-hmm. So it even had Klein in its name. So it was literally <laughs> small. 
uh, had like a 1000 inhabitants and I mean it had its pros and cons to to be raised in a village mm -hmm. I mean maybe the pros I mean the nature is nice and like you have a closer community everybody knows each other whenever you meet somebody you say hi on the street it's more close together it's in Bavaria right so right. it's I know the nature in Bavaria is like very nice and green. Is it like also the same over there? I mean, yes and no. So, in fact, Klein Eitingen is a pretty ugly village because we don't have and like there was not anything. We don't have a proper forest. There's no proper lake. There's no river. It's nothing because it's close to. I mean, it's close to a river, but it's basically in the area of like around the river where they formed like a really flat area. Yes. So there's nothing and it's just really flat. And yeah, that makes it a bit not so interesting <laughs> because whenever you want to swim, you have to go far. Whenever you want to, I don't know, go hiking, it's just flat. I mean, it's good to, to, to ride a bike, but that's basically it. Um where was I? Cons pros and pros. And, oh, yes. yeah. Um, so the, the, the cons... So the, the, let, let's start with the pros. So like I said, the community is really close. Like my, my parents were also really trying to, to bring, a, bring a effort to, to the community, to help the community be better. Like my dad was in the music club... Yeah. Um, my mom was in the church um, helping with like 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 the children doing the the um, I don't know how to say it like helping the priest in in the in the celebration yes. and stuff like that I was also doing that quite a long time actually I think 10, ten years oh. and um, yeah and they're basically my whole like my whole family we were on all the clubs in the village so my sister was in the volleyball club um my other sister played uh, the big uh, instrument in the music club i was playing soccer and basically yeah whenever there was like a big festival for the music club my dad would set up everything and since my dad was there i had to come and help and build mm -hmm. like the I don't know, benches and stuff so people can make a party. So, I mean, that was the nice part. But on the other hand, so my parents didn't live there all their life. They just moved from the city. So we still, I mean, my whole life, I always feel like we didn't really fit mm. in. Like it was always like, yeah, the in Germany would say, or in Bavarian dialect would, would say the uh Nike schmeckte or zugezogene like um yeah it's like you don't really belong because you're not really really the you're always there um so i feel like that they always also kind of always make you feel that way even if you put as much effort as my parents did i feel like still um they we were always a bit different and I feel like that also made 
made me suffer sometimes that I was different. Like in the, in the, when I was in the soccer club, I mean, I played soccer like everybody else, but I don't know, since I was more, I don't know, since I was different, they would all like, most of them would bully me. And I mean, I didn't really care much. I mean, I did care, but I just like to play soccer. Mm. Right. So, and I didn't know any, and how, how else would it be? Right. It's just the way you grow up. You don't know how, how people can be. And I mean, children can be quite cruel, especially in these villages. Sometimes people are also really, really racist because like, I don't know why, but I had, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes sad to see. I, you mean, you, I, you just know these people that are like more like that. Yeah. So I basically, I stayed there until I was 19. Oh, so okay. yeah, basically my first part of my life, like half, half of my life. Okay. And then you had to. More than half of my life, yeah. So the thing is, um, the the other part which was not so nice is uh, my my father started drinking, so it's uh, started to be not uh, convenient to stay at home because my mom and my dad would always fight. Oh. So I was, I think like it was. On the one hand, I always wanted to do some like I always wanted to study. Most of the time, I. I wa like there was a one time I was not entirely sure what I want to study, but I basically did all my life. I was in computer science and did computer stuff. Like there are even pictures of me as a baby trying to put a cookie into a computer. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah. And since my dad did computer science stuff before, I think that kind of, I mean, I was always looking up to him. So I think that made me also go in that direction. And so, um, yeah, and then this, there was this opportunity to join IBM in a dual, dual study degree. That means so half the time you spend at a uh, university and half the time you spend in the company. And the good thing is they would pay you. So usually for, I don't know, if you go to study, you need to ask your parents for help or I don't know, you ask for BAföG, the government to give you a credit. And yeah, that's not a good way to start, right? You always, it's nicer to be independent and get your own money while studying and doing the stuff you, mm -hmm. you enjoy. And actually, so this was, I like, I was really lucky to, to get into that. And yeah. And yeah. So I, I went to IBM in, in Stuttgart and this was actually also really amazing. I had like a VG, like a, how you say, shared apartment with uh, four other people. And it was really fun to, I don't know, get out of your house, like hometown yes. and go to a bigger city, do all the stuff that I didn't do so much in my high school. Like I, I was... I think I was a bit too serious child. I always tried really hard to to do my high school I, and I felt like always that I had I had to really focus on studying. Um 
I mean, I, I studied every day. If, if I think about it today, it's really crazy. But I studied every day. Uh, after school, I would summarize the, the entire stuff I need for the next day. And uh, I wrote it down like in, in bullet points uh, for me to later memorize it. And when I before I went to sleep, like I, I watched with my dad and my mom the news at 8 to 8.15. Then I would go up and memorize all the bullet points that I wrote down in the afternoon and basically for the next day because the worst thing that I was always imagining is there would there would be a surprise test or like exam that I would not be prepared for and I think that was I think that's like one of my biggest fears to not be prepared for something and yeah I don't know why but <laughs> I always had that fear. Like related to that, another fear of mine is to get, um, like when you're in the train and somebody is controlling your ticket and you don't have the ticket. ticket. For some reason, this is like like one of my biggest fears, and I have like always nightmares about that. You still have it. Like yeah, sometimes like especially about these exam things, I still have it. Like I still dream about it that I didn't prepare for the exam or didn't prepare for something and and yeah. fuck it up or something. So yeah, I, I hate to be unprepared. Or oh, and in high school it was really tough for me because like there can be always some tests where you need to be prepared. So that's why I, I studied every day and I still can't believe how I did that. I mean, nowadays I don't do that and we still study and do stuff. But that was, I think that was really hard time for me. And yeah, and I was always afraid to fail. I mean, I always had this, heard the stories of my dad, like he failed really badly in, I think it was Latin or French. So I always had like heard his horror stories how he failed high school and i like i was wanted to like do better and not fail did you fail any course never uh, i there was two there was two exams where i got a like the worst grade mm -hmm. like i still remember so one was music like we had to do do i don't know write down some notes mm -hmm. and it just didn't get it like I just Thanks. didn't get it I don't know why and the other thing was tenses in English I was really bad in English back then um yeah but that was sixth and seventh grade and after that it never happened okay and, and you never failed at university courses none no class I mean my biggest my biggest failure is definitely or like I don't know failure um I failed like the driving license exam. And this is kind of related to my like fear of not being prepared. The thing is for driving license, driving license, of course you, you can do a lot of um, exercises to, to drive, but in the end it's hard to really be prepared for this exam mm -hmm. because humans are so random, like they drive weird and there's, the world is just so big, you cannot think about all the different things that can happen. So in the end, because of that, since it, I'm really bad in, I think I'm really bad in improvising, 
it took me like four times to do the practical exam while the theoretical exam I did with zero mistakes because I exercise like I re I did like there are these practicing uh, theoretical exam yeah. driving license tests I did them like for a month back and forth and memorized every single question so that I didn't have any mistake because I knew them by heart. I even know the shape. Like there are these shapes where you can put it. Um, I basically memorized the shape, how you need to sign it and stuff like so. Yeah. That was not the issue, but like doing the actual exam in, the, in practice, that was really bad. Like that was kind of the biggest fear for, my, for me because there's no way I can prepare for that. I just had to do it. And yeah, and turns out I'm really bad at this <laughs> and I failed miserably. And I, I still remember I was so sad. I mean, all the, like all my f friends in, in the soccer club, they did it like first exam and done. Mm. Like they, non, many of them didn't go to high school. They just went to like, I mean, in Germany, you have these three schools, like um, um, Hauptschule, Mittelschule, high school, gymnasium. So they went just for the, like, and they also depend, like, different amounts of years they take. So, like, yeah, some of my friends there, they just did, like, the lowest possible number mm -hmm. of years in school. But for them, that was not a big issue to do the driving exam. They. Okay. So, so this is kind of my biggest weakness that I'm not good in reacting to new situations that i never saw before yeah, maybe i think or at least think about it i like interestingly um the um, like how like for ibm there was also an assessment center to get mm -hmm. into to ibm and i was really afraid of that because again how do you prepare for that but fortunately i found a detailed um blog post or something in the internet that described really step by step how they they also did the same and how what happened to them so i can i i knew exactly what how the process works what they would do at what point like they even said okay you have to do a presentation of yourself and you need to write down on some paper like how you do and why is it important to you and stuff like that and they have like the they hold, had the whole process of how how everything would work out and so for example this presentation i i practiced it like two weeks before that before because i already knew this is gonna happen and so i was i can do it so i knew this is okay this will happen so i will do that and then i will be good at it And I think this was one reason why why I passed because I think everybody else they were like just do it on the fly right they will go there and just do whatever. Yes. But I knew that I I this is how it's gonna be, so I will prepare for that. <laughs> I did and it worked out. Okay, great. But I'm not sure whether I would have passed if I didn't prepare for it. I did three years there and it was really great time. I mean, the friends there were really nice and it's, 
it's kind of the first time I felt like I belong. Mm. Because before I always people they were saying, Yeah, you're different, I don't know, you think too much, you you're weird, you think about stuff that we don't care about and you don't drink with us, you don't mm. uh I don't know, party with us and um and back then it was really like that. I I didn't drink until I was, I don't know, late seventeen or something. Because my dad was drinking, so yeah. I was like a counterpoint to yes. that. I didn't want to be that way. Um, but that also made it really hard for me to connect with all the people in my high school yeah. because there was nothing more important for them than partying and drinking. And and I was kind of pushing that away. Yes. So in a sense, I was pushing them away, right? So that made it for me really hard to connect with any kind of people in that time. Yes. And that made me feel even more not to belong there. Yes. Yes. That kind of thing. So, yeah. And by that, I also kind of withdrew and did all the computer stuff that I really enjoyed. And there was nobody who was complaining or something. And, yeah. So you found like-minded people in Stuttgart? Yes, exactly. So they were like... All, I feel like they in the assessment center they already had some kind of people in mind that they liked mm -hmm. to employ, so they were all kind of all smart, all more or less outgoing, and the similar kind of people. And that's why probably we also bonded, like bonded, mm -hmm. really well, and it was just really fun these these three years to spend with them and, yeah. I learned, I mean, of course, I learned a lot in university. I, I partied a lot with the friends. And I think it, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was just, it was a nice time. Yeah, I think I've, I forgot one really important part. When I was in 11th grade, I did a two month exchange to, Argen, uh, to Argentina, to Argentina. Uh. I think that was really important for me to, um, to to start to love like to to learn about different cultures because like I was really shocked when I arrived in in the airport and my host dad would like kiss me on the cheek like usually I'm the kind of person like I like my mom was always laughing when my grandma wanted to kiss me I was always like go away I was really uncomfortable I was like this is not something I like and then in Argentina like where men like kissing each other on the cheek it was really um really weird to me really different but i i think i really like i really embraced it and like really uh, like took in all that new stuff into like and and it was really i like also i learned a lot of spanish back then mm -hmm. um but it was really fun to to get to know another culture that's so completely different. And in the end, actually, when I came back, I actually missed this physical closeness that you have in Argentina. And here you always stay away uh, at least one and a half meters. Now with Corona, probably like five. Um, but yeah, that was, I think, really important for me. To s or I, I really 
enjoyed that to to see another culture that and i think back then i started to like see how cultures are different and try to pick the things that i really like and just try to um just to live by that for example in argentina i saw them all everybody was dancing i really enjoyed that how how the love they had for dancing and i think yeah that that is how i kind of started to also like to to dance so i got that from argentina so the thing is they don't really i mean of course they have their dances but when you go to a party everybody will just there's like some song and everybody just will start to dance it's not really about they have like of course there's like the special dances but most of all people just move in the rhythm and like when you go to birthday party the the children are dancing the grandma is dancing everybody's just moving to the rhythm and it's really like you feel just good to see that and i just wanted to be also a part of that so i feel and that is just i don't know you went i i asked like there of course we like we were at some party and like we were like asking the girls so just show us some moves and they're like okay you move your hips like that and here you have like your three basic moves and then you can i don't know start to dance and yeah that was really that was really cool yeah and then i was fortunate to like that i got an internship in the u.s so Mm -hmm. after argentina then my bachelor i got to the u.s and like was really fortunate to work like in a in a lab and sort of like like the biggest people of computer science and databases like just working in the office next to me and it was also really really crazy for me i mean i would never imagine that i would come that far like my dad would always talk ah oh, yeah now you go to ibm they make these huge computers that i will teach the people how to use them and you're there now and now you like you see these huge people there and work there and i mean that was really really cool and i learned a lot from that but yeah but i i didn't i i don't know i I, what i didn't like from the american culture is that they are always um like in germany we would it's really hard to make friends. So mm-hmm. if you're friends, then it really means something. But in the US, you're like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so nice. You want to meet sometimes? And I was like, sure, let's meet. And then they are not really caring <laughs> about it. It's it's more superficial. And I, sometimes it's fake. Yes. And that that's what sometimes it was a bit painful for me because always in the first like moment i feel like oh they are all so nice people and feel like they're all my friends and then if i actually want something from them then nothing happens right um i mean if you know that it works like this then it's fine but first you hit the wall right that part i didn't enjoy like in argentina like there i was maybe a little bit more disappointed and also the other thing is at least like in the lab I was, they work so hard. They mm. work like 24-7. And to me, it was also something that I would say, okay, I never want to work like this because 
I mean, what is the point of life if you just work 24-7? What? That wasn't for me. And I was always like, yeah, maybe you can later on, you maybe you can work a year or two years in the US, maybe just for career. But I don't, I never saw myself, okay, now I move to the US and I will stay there forever and I don't know work and have a family or something i mean i'm still really hard working and i also work a lot but i felt like they had it just a notch too much it's mm. it was just too dominant and yeah at least this is what my feeling was i mean it's probably not everywhere like that but i mean in that lab i feel like it was like that And maybe in Silicon Valley, you hear about Elon Musk, who's not sleeping and working 24-7 and, I don't know, schedules different time slots for his wife so she can have time with him or his children. And I don't know. I don't feel like this is, that's a nice way to live. Mm. I mean, maybe it's a nice way to live for him, but I I was thinking for myself when I, I was there, I, that's not for me. I yes. mean, yes. other people might enjoy that and... Yes. Other people might, yeah, live happily with that thing, but it was not for me. Yeah. And but that's basically also a good thing to learn, like the things you like yeah. and the things you don't like. That's what you get from traveling, right? Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I learned from the yes is selling. I mean, they are amazing at selling themselves, and I think there's no better people in the world than in in the U.S selling themselves so i think that's really amazing how yeah. they do it yeah wow. yeah i feel like there's always like if if you go more in the one i mean it's a trade-off right and whenever you go more in the one direction you sacrifice for something else yes and then the question is is it really worth it yeah. to sacrifice that yes. and some people i mean everybody chooses their own trade-off and then they have to live with the sacrifice, yes. whether it was... And then in the end of their life, they will say, okay, maybe it was worth it, maybe it wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody has to make the decision for yes. themselves. And then I actually... Actually, I wanted to go after my bachelor's. I wanted to do a, a social year uh, in... I think I wanted to go either Peru, Mexi Mexico or something like that. I still, I was still in love with Argentina. Enjoyed, yeah, Argentina. So I, I just wanted to repeat that kind of experience. And I mean, the bachelor was really tough. I mean, I was also working really hard. So I've kind of wanted a break in a sense. I, or like when I think about it now, I think I wanted a break. Um, so I applied for Red Cross and they had some positions where you can go for one year and they would pay you a little money and you can go. But in the end, I, I, I went into the assessment center, but in the end, they didn't chose me. I, I still don't know today why they didn't. But maybe one thing was mostly they were applying really young teenager that just came from high school. Mm. And I had already three years of working experience kind of and there was just a, a huge gap between these teenagers and me mm -hmm. i felt like maybe in the assessment center I was also way too dominant i mean 
I could just play with them in a sense because they didn't know shit. And I had three years of experiment experience like working. I went to went to US. I I had like talked with these all these crazy people and I, I already saw so much from this world. I feel like that I don't know and these were just kids coming out of school in a sense. So I there was this huge gap between us. And I think maybe that made me also arrogant. And they were kind of seeing this arrogance. Mm. And so maybe it's just hypothetical. And maybe that's why they said, okay, maybe, no, he doesn't really fit in. Or maybe the same thing that you said about IBM. They try to bring like-minded people yes. together. So yes. I I never know. I mean, they never tell you, right? So, yeah. So... I did the plan B, so I in in in, in Silicon Valley I met this guy. So there were also other people who did internships, and one guy um, was a PhD in that at that time, and he was at TU Berlin. And I really liked his attitude, and he was always, I was, I mean, I was always also looking up to him, like he did really cool work, and yeah, basically he said, yeah, come to Berlin. It's cool here. We have cool research and so on. So I was like, why not do my master's in Berlin then? So, yeah, and then it was pretty easy. I had a good, good um, score in my bachelor's. So it was kind of easy to roll into the, the master's degrees and then, um, yeah, start my master's. But actually, as soon as I rolled into my master's, I directly tried to check out all the opportunities to go abroad <laughs> again. Ah. Because I still felt like you basically cheated me for my, <laughs> for my stay abroad. I want to take any opportunity to go abroad again. Yes. I think back then I was also still searching for myself to like... I'm wasn't I'm still didn't arrive yet. I didn't settle down yet. And I whenever I was somewhere I, I basically wanted to go somewhere else yeah. to to search for that thing that I didn't have yet, right? And yeah. And actually yeah, in the end I found it. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, back then I didn't have it yet. So the so basically my thinking was so you went to Southern America and you like basically learned about South American culture, like Latino culture, and you went to US, you saw that culture, you know Europe, you know basically all that kind of cultures. We went a lot of traveling with my family like my dad made a lot of money so basically every summer we would go somewhere else italy italy uh, greece um dominion republic um all over the place and so i already kind of saw a lot of things but what i basically never saw until this point was um china and like i was like there was there's like a huge um part of the world but and in the u s I met some also some Chinese 
friends who did an internship day there and I'm a really outgoing person so I kind of like to com do conversation with everybody and I don't know make them laugh or make them I don't know small talk kind of but whenever I talk to Chinese people they never laughed about my jokes and they never seemed to connect to me or I was never able to kind of make this connection that I was so so easily able to connect to anybody else and I was always confused so why why doesn't what's what's different about them why why don't why I'm not able to talk to them like I'm able to talk to anybody else and so basically to, to solve that mystery I was like okay let's go to China and let's Let's check out that culture and get to know that. And actually, so in my bachelor's, uh, bachelor, I already did, I think, two semesters, basic um, Mandarin mm -hmm. classes. I mean, that was basically nothing, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then I went to China. And it was really, again, amazing to to learn the culture, to, like, really dive deep i mean i also had again language class um and there i also studied hard like to to do the vocabulary almost every day i studied it and again i also did a lot of partying because partying in china is also amazing um but yeah and and in that way i kind of also understood I don't want to say I understood Chinese culture because Chinese culture is so multifaceted. But I think I maybe understand more like how they think and yeah. Could you and make them laugh? I I I did you in did. the end. Yes. Okay. And I was really proud of that. So <laughs> like, kind of like a like half a year I was um, mission accomplished. Um I was even I was even uh, the like there was some kind of event of some Chinese uh, club in the in the in the university, and I was even the party king of of that party. <laughs> I was really proud of that. So in in the end, I would say I kind of accomplished it. Yeah, I think so. Again, like I said before, I always try to take the things I really like from cultures. And I think what I learned in in China is that it's not always about the individual. I feel like in in China it's really and I it always I never really thought about it that way. But if in in the Western society we always think about I I I yeah. I I in the U.S. even worse, right? It's me. I I have to be successful. Don't care about anybody else. And in China, it's about the we. And even if the I suffers and the we succeeds and progresses, then that's a good thing. And to think in that way made me think a lot about stuff. And I'm, I'm still thinking and I'm not really entirely sure um, how to always like what's always the best way to go. Because then all of a sudden, things that always seem obvious are not that obvious anymore. If you say, okay, we, we put 
uh, we we weigh the importance of the we higher than the I, then a lot of things shift. And then the I mean the question is so what what should you do right? And in my opinion, you cannot just say okay the I is more important than the we. But of course, you can also not say the V is always more important than the I. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of things to think about. And uh, I mean, I'm still not done with it. Mm. But going to China, this was the first time I was, I like they basically forced me to think that way. Um, and which is kind of important, I feel like sometimes to think in that way. Because in Western society, we always think I. Yes, yes. That's that's what is uh, Western society lacks, I feel like. So it's a very individualistic and egocentric. Egoistic. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, in the end, um, the fortunate thing was that I met the love of my life okay. in, in Thailand. Yes. And yeah. I mean, I, I don't need to tell the whole story, do I? Up to you, if you want. You can no. just uh, give a shorter version. Yeah, so basically we, we met in, like, when I was on vacation. And the funny thing was my friend, um, so like, we, the plan was, like, he did a semester abroad in Singapore. And we said, okay, since we are in Asia anyways, let's just uh. travel together. And so the idea was we, we stop, also we start over in, in Bangkok. So we would meet in Bangkok and then just backpack around all of Asia, uh, all of Asia, basically. So our plan was previously, okay, we go from Thailand to Laos, um, to Vietnam, and then I would go home and he would continue with, I think, Taiwan. And so that was the plan. So the thing was, um, he he changed slightly the plan because he said, okay, we, he would go to Christmas uh, home to Germany. So he was actually flying from Germany to, to Bangkok. And on that plane, he met a girl, basically, that he seemed to like. So when I was coming into... So basically, we or the only thing we set up was this hotel we would go to. So I was flying from Shanghai and he was flying from Germany. And so when I would arrive in, in the hostel, I would see him talking to that girl. I was like, that's so weird. I mean, he just told me that he broke up with his girlfriend. And I was like, did he have a new girlfriend or what? And I was really confused. And then, yeah, they said, no, we just meet in the in the airplane and so I said I mean I was also okay with her I mean she was nice still is nice okay <laughs> and um, so in the end we were traveling together and at some point uh, after a week or so she said okay let's go to this big party on the island and we were like yeah we don't have any plans we literally had no plans um, and beach sounds good partying sounds also good let's go there And so, um, moving quickly forward, so we went to this big party and basically on that night, um, 
they came together as a couple. And the same night, I also met a really beautiful girl from Thailand. Um, and we were dancing and, um, yeah, but basically after that, we just exchanging Facebook contacts and yeah, so I wake up the other day and realized, oh, I'm traveling with a couple now and I felt like a third wheel on the wagon or I don't know, fifth wheel, whatever you say. Um, so it was really uncomfortable, like to travel with a newly butterfly in love couple and you're just sitting next to them and just like okay what am i doing here and so i was texting this girl from thailand i was and she was like yeah if you want to come like you can always come and visit us um and i was like yep i'm coming (laughs) (laughs) i I want to get away from this place so why not and I mean, I was curious about other cultures, so I was like, best opportunity to uh, learn a new, get to know another culture, right? Um, yeah. Turns out, um, I really liked that girl. So after just a week, um, the, the kind of the plan was, okay, uh, I will go there for like a week. And they will continue their travels and then she will go home because she only had that time. Like it was only two weeks. So his girlfriend then uh, went back to Germany and we would meet up in, uh, in in the north of Thailand to continue our backpacking. I was like, sure, uh, I will fly from like Jane's place and he would fly from another island and we'll meet there. So we did that. So after one week, I flew up. Uh, but turns out I really loved that girl. So we quickly came to the conclusion. So after just traveling a bit in the north, going through Laos, I was like, okay, Dennis, I'm I'm out of here. I'm going back to this girl. Just do whatever you want to do. I don't care. And so I went for another week uh, to chain and um, uh, yeah, we went to a really nice island to, um, what was it? Colipe. Colipe. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And, and then, yeah, after that week again, I was flying to, what was it? Um, capital of. Vietnam, um, Hanoi, yeah, and yeah, again, then we did, I think it was one and a half weeks, we went into the mountains first, that was really amazing, um, and then to Halong Bay, and again, really amazing traveling there, and yeah, then I went, I flew back to Shanghai to get my luggage, and flew back to Germany and Dennis continued his travels to Taiwan. And yeah, moving forward one or two months later, mm-hmm. Jane came to Germany and then it basically started to Jane coming to Germany, I'm going to Thailand, Jane coming to Germany, I'm going to Thailand, Jane coming and you know you know the story. And funny thing is uh, actually 
Dennis and uh, and his girlfriend then married and now they even have a child. Um, oh. So that uh, vacation was really rewarding. Rewarding, productive vacation. <laughs> um, yeah, so that we met both the love of our, li of our lives that was amazing. Now I did tell it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I did uh, started this weird small side project called a PhD. So side project. <laughs> this is still gonna take a while, but yeah, that, I mean, that's just I like that. I basically I always did my PhD in a sense. When I was in high school, I did my programming on the side. I worked on small projects. My dad would challenge me on projects. I don't know. I programmed like I tried to program a Sudoku solver. So I was always into programming that programming is something that is seems smart. I was always curious about that. So yeah, basically I just do that. I just do some challenges to myself that I find exciting and work on that. Unfortunately, in the in the setting of a PhD, that's basically what you do, right? So I really enjoy that. But I mean, it's of course, it's also sometimes it's hard, but yeah, if it's not hard, it's not rewarding, right? Yes. Um, so what will come? Yeah, we will never know uh, uh, at the moment. I don't know yet what will come. What do you want to come? I mean, I would like to live at some point for some time in Thailand because I feel really bad to not be able to speak the language and I also really want to talk to my family in Thailand um, in, in their language, mm. since many of them are not fluent in English. So that would be important to me. And yeah. to was the fifth episode of my complex stranger podcast now you can go back to the first picture and see whether you feel closer to the person in the portrait